it is an honor to be here and, and uh, just an honor to be here this morning in the house of the Lord. And um, uh, the Lord is good and worthy to be praised. Um, I want to say hi to Pastor Tracy and Pastor Darlene and appreciate him so much. <clears throat> I've known him for years. We've known each other for years and had lots of good conversations over the years. And um, uh, he has been a really... We've really gotten close, closer uh, in the last five years, and I appreciate him so much. He used to come and preach for us all the time over at uh, well, the church I used to go to in Strong Tower. And at that time, he used to come. It was called uh, Full Gospel something. I forget now, but anyway, I'd always want him over there for camp meeting, and uh, I just I I still to this day. Love, love how he presents the gospel. And in camp meetings in the Pentecostal church, you know, they got guys kicking and snorting and spitting and running, jumping pews. And he goes, I never could figure out why they would have me, you know. I said, well, I, I always told the pastor, man, we need to get, of course, the pastor and him was good friends too. And, but we always enjoyed what he deposited in us. And, uh, you know, so I'm not Pentecostal. Uh, I'm Baptist, my Methodist friend back here, but um, uh, I just love Jesus. I mean, uh, I was raised Baptist, but uh, I just love Jesus, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, uh, if you got your Bibles, <clears throat> I think they're going to put it up on the screen. Um, Is that me? Is that me? Y'all quiet now, but it's going to get noisy in the house. <laughs> now listen, I, I, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm telling you. I, I've done read the book, all of it, don't remember much of it, but the ones parts I do remember, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't know how far he's brought you, but I know how far he has brought me. Hallelujah. Give God a praise in this house. Clap your hands. The psalmist said, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Is anybody glad and happy that you're on the Lord's side? Woo! I'm glad I'm on his side. He's on mine. Uh, we're going to go to Luke. Chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, uh, it's out of the New Living Translation. I'm, I'm double barreling it today. I got the King James up here and the other barrels on the screen. We're going to get a double barrel. Hallelujah. I do honor our pastors and my lovely bride over there. She, she knows everything about me and still loves me. I'm telling you, we met 
at a difficult time in both of our lives. And, uh, but the Lord knows what he's doing. I read in Proverbs 16 where it says, man's heart plans his ways, or, his, or it plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. It's good to plan. It's good to have a plan. But God is in control of our lives. We may plan our days and our years and our weeks and our months, but it is the almighty God who directs our steps. The Bible says the steps of a good man is ordered by the Lord. Let us look at the, uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. It says, everybody likes these people, the IRS, tax collectors, and I wanted to use this translation because I like what it says about the sinners. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus. This made the Pharisees and the teachers or the Sadducees of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people even eating with them. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. Lord, we thank you this morning, Father, that you circumcise our ears that we may hear and receive the engrafted word of God which is able to save our souls. And Lord, we give you praise in this house. We give you thanks and we glorify your name because it is the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Oh, to God's unchanging hand. Oh, to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hope to God's unchanging hand. Look at somebody and say, Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Be your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. I was going to read it all, but it was way too long, and I stutter sometimes when I read, and I trip over my words, and uh, so I do. I wasn't going to put that grief on you or that burden, but this is a very familiar passage of scripture uh, in Luke chapter fifteen. Uh, let me draw your attention to there's. The publicans, in King James it calls it publicans, the tax collectors, the IRS, which we all love, I think they may hire 85,000 more. Hallelujah. Kick your heels together. They're only going after the multi-billionaires, y'all. 
tax collectors and the notorious sinners. Notorious sinners. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Notorious sinners. <laughs> Y'all know what notorious is, right? Just put sinner on the end of it. Uh, infamously known. They were known for their, their deeds and their and their their crime and their notorious sinners. And there was also the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees was a, a religious sect that did, you know, knew the law, but they also uh, uh, believed in the resurrection. And they believed in the resurrection and they followed their traditions about the law. But the Sadducees, and probably you, this ain't, I didn't coin this phrase, it's been around for years. They were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Uh, they, they did not believe in a resurrection, they didn't believe in angels. Uh, but they, they was priests, they, they did their priestly duties in the temple, uh, offered sacrifices, and made sure that the temple uh, was, they maintained spiritual sacrifices and maintained worship in the temple. But I, I want to say something this morning that, uh, that all four of these individuals, if you want to call them individuals, the, there was a multitude of uh, tax collectors and multitude of sinners and a group of Pharisees and a group of Sadducees. But there was something that every one of them had in common. From the tax collector to the sinner to the religious Pharisee and to the religious Sadducee, there were two things they had in common. And as a matter of fact, every one of us here this morning has the same thing in common, the two things they have in common that we got in common with them. Matter of fact, every seven billion people on this planet has the same thing in common, two things they have in common. And Ecclesiastes says it like this, there's a time to be born and there is a time to die. Every one of us has that in common. There is a time to be born. Everybody knows that because we're here. We know that there's a time to be born, and the evidence is a time to die because a lot of us has laid dear ones to rest on this earth. And we know that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, or chapter 9 and verse 27, that it is appointed unto man wants to die after this comes the judgment. But but these two things they had in common, so it placed everybody somewhat on common ground. But there were, there were things that made them different, and I want to talk about that this morning, if I may. And it's found in Luke chapter 15, a partial verse 13. I don't know if you can throw it up if you can't. If you got your Bibles, your... your, your uh, uh, smartphones or tablets, go, go to Luke chapter 15, verse 13. It says it like this in the King James. I don't have it in the uh, NLT. It says, and I'm jumping right in the middle of this chapter, and, I, and I'll make up for it in a minute. 
Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living or wild living. what, what What makes us different in this aspect is our journey. And I'm so glad this morning that that the Bible teaches us that God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. As a matter of fact, the name of God is Elohim. It's mentioned over 2,500 times in your Bible. It, 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 the pages, every page, you can find him even in the book of Esther, even though his name is not mentioned in the book of Esther. You see his footprints and his fingerprints all through the book of Esther. God is the creator. Matter of fact, Elohim means, if you can let me show you real quick, Elohim means superior one, mighty one. God's creative power as well as his authority and sovereignty. And, and I'm reminded this morning that, that in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 in verse 3 or 4, whatever it may be there, that God told Jeremiah when Jeremiah began to complain to God about the call and the commission and the mission for his life that he, he was too young or he couldn't meet up to the expectations. God said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. But I want to tell you this morning, I am so glad that God knows me. Holly, aren't you glad that God knows you? Hallelujah. Can you give me a little more monitor or something if you let them drown in up here choking up? Anyway. Hallelujah. God is good. God is absolutely good. And this morning, when I, when I read this text about, and I was, I was amazed because, not really amazed because the Bible says we have something else in common. Romans 8, chapter chapter Romans chapter 3 verse 23 for we have all sinned and came short of the glory of God we all are we all are sinners but listen we all was born into sin by one man's disobedience death passed upon us all but thanks be to God by one man's obedience we have been brought into life everlasting aren't you glad that the prince of peace give his life for you and I that we may have life hallelujah Some Somebody clap your hands this morning if you love Jesus. I'm glad this morning that that God is, when, when, when he talked to the Pharisees and the scribes, when they began to talk about how that he ate with sinners, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was his enemies that testified that he was a friend to sinners. And, and, and I, I want to hashtag this subject this morning, a friend to sinners. I want to hashtag it this morning. So let the party begin. I want to tell you this morning, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I think sometimes we just need to stop for a second and take a good look where he's brought us from. Does anybody remember where he brought you of the pit? He picked you up out of and turned you, set your foot on a rock, hallelujah, and set your place in, set your place in motion this morning. 
God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. We all can even think or ask. He is a good God. I'm glad. I'm glad that Jesus didn't say I had to get cleaned up to come to him. He said you just got to come to him. He'll, the Holy Spirit will do the rest when we begin to get born again, translated out of darkness into his marvelous light. He transforms our lives. And there was a party. Jesus talked about the party in Luke chapter 15. I, 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 was, I, I looked at this and he said, he told the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, how many of you having a hundred sheep, if one go astray, would you not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost? And when you find it, you bring it back. You tell your buddies, hey, I found my lost sheep. And they would rejoice. And the Bible says, Jesus said it like this, and there is joy in the the presence of God when one soul comes to Christ when one person is lost and is found he told them another story about the woman who had the ten coins and she lost one of them and the Bible says that she lit a candle and, and, and she, the woman lit a candle and searched her house moved the furniture raised the lampshades looking for that one precious lost coin can I tell you this morning I'm so glad that God, who the Bible talks about, he's Elohim. He's the creator of all things. He knows all things. He knows tomorrow before tomorrow ever gets here. He knows what you're thinking. Hallelujah. He, he knows what we're thinking. He knows the words before they ever get formed. I'm spitting all over you guys. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. He knows this morning the the, the words before they're reformed on our tongue. And I'm so glad, Brother Bill, that God still loves me. He is my redeemer. He's my savior. He's my sanctifier. He's my justifier. Aren't you glad that the word, you and I have been begotten by the word. Hallelujah. We have been begotten by the word. Woo, Hallelujah. But I'm so glad when I read this story how the woman lit a, a candle and began to search diligently for that lost coin. I am reminded, y'all, that Jesus, the Bible says that God loved us so much he refused to live without us. So he came down. Hallelujah. He came down. If you read, see, the Bible teaches us, and, and the word of God is, is like this, that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament Testament is the Old Testament revealed revelation knowledge of how God has always had a path to man to reach mankind. He always had substitutes and things, but there was one thing on his mind is sending his son Jesus Christ to hang on an old rugged cross, put in the grave and raise on the third day for, that we and you and me may be saved. I'm reminded this morning, I'm reminded this morning that 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 the the, the the length that God went through the the the, the things that he did to come to find me and you. We were lost. We were wretched. We were poor. We were naked. We we were we were not even, some of us wouldn't even, uh, you know, somebody see us coming down the street on the sidewalk. They'd cross and move to the other. Some of us were notorious sinners. 
I know some of you were goody good sinners, but some of us was notorious sinners. Yes, sir, we were. Some of, I know some of you, and thank God you wasn't notorious, but some of us was notorious sinners that, that, that should have, we, we received everything, we got everything we deserved. Put it that way, how about that? Oh, yeah. We got what we deserved. We, we got when we ruined our reputation in, in, in our families, in our cities, in our towns, in our workplace. But, but I got some good gospel news. It's good news this morning. The gospel is good news. Can I get an amen on that? The gospel is good news. It doesn't matter how deep you go, how, how, how nasty you are, how notorious you are. I'm telling you the blood of Jesus, it reaches to the highest mountain, to the lowest valley, to the deepest pit and turns a man's life around. And it don't stop there. Hallelujah, don't stop there. I'm glad this morning that he came and saved my soul. Woo, aren't you glad, Brother Tim? He came and saved your soul. Woo, hallelujah, ain't a feeling like it in the world, y'all. Ain't a feeling like it in the world when you've been saved. Know that you're saved. Hallelujah, does anybody know Some of us have a, have a different personalities. <laughs> I didn't stop dancing when I got saved. I didn't stop drinking when I got saved. Oh, I'm, it went over I didn't stop partying when I got saved. I just changed partners and venues. <laughs> Woo! Oh yeah, some of us got saved and used to cut a rug when we was in the world, but now you think you can't dance. The Bible says that everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. If it's a, praise him, praise him in the dance. Praise him on the loud cymbal. Praise him, hallelujah. Woo! But these people were drawn to Jesus. The magnitude of his very person. They knew who they were. He knew who they were. Everybody knew who they were. But aren't you glad when you and I come to Jesus just the way we are, filthy and wretched, dead in our sins and trespasses, he breathes new life in us. 
I don't, I, I don't, you know, and this is not a litmus test. I'm just telling it may be because of how notorious I was, how where I was when I got saved, when I got born again. Mm, yeah, when I got born, I remember where it was at. I remember the day it was. I can remember how it was outside because I was looking through my little pane window in my little seven by eight jail cell. That's, maybe that's why I remember. But I remember the morning he came and washed me and cleansed me and translated me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, yeah. I remember the day. I want to say this. Don't let nobody... No thing, nothing, you have a place at his table. Ooh, you have a place at his table. I, I, I know, I know you, I know, I know, I know you're guilty, but you got a place at his table. What, what, what magnitude, knowing that they, that these guys were just the what, what they, what some people would call the scum of the earth, that, but to Jesus, they had his ear. They, 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 he had their ear. And, and when you give Jesus your ear, he'll circumcise your heart. He'll tread the power of the word will translate you and me. It's not a human act. It's not a mental decision. It's something supernatural. It happens by the power of the spirit of God. When a man is washed and born again, it's by his spirit and only by his spirit. I'm glad this morning, I'm glad this morning that I know him and I'm glad he knows me. My, my, my beautiful bride knows me, but Jesus knows me better. Aren't you glad this morning that there's nothing? Paul said it in Romans chapter eight Paul said in Romans chapter 8, I believe it is, Romans chapter 8. See, I'm sure those guys heard the murmurings and heard the whispers about how bad they were, how, how unfit they were to be coming, and how unfit Jesus was to be with them. I'm glad he hung out. I'm glad sinners hung out with Jesus. Now let me clarify something. If they were drinking Budweiser and smoking dope, he wasn't drinking Budweiser and smoking dope, okay? He, was, he lived a sinless life. There, he was totally perfect in every, every attribute you can think of. He was sinless. He, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You saints ought to clap your hands on that because you and I had nothing to do with it at all. But it's the journey. It's the journey that you and I take. We know we're going to be, we know we, we, know we were born because we're here. We got a birth date. We may not know our death date but we got a birth date and I'm here to tell you this morning that that when we pass from this life 
there, I, I, I'm like the Pharisee in this aspect. I believe in the resurrection. You know why I do? You know how I know he got up? You know how I know he got Because that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead has resurrected me from my deadness and made me a new creature in Christ Jesus. Woo! Listen to me. Listen to me. When you get on the Lord's side, you're on the winning side. Paul said it like this. He was persuaded. He had he, 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 he was a religious man before he got saved. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was schooled under the, under the schooling of Gamaliel. He, he, he was a Pharisee. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He knew several different languages. And he thought he was doing God justice when he had people killed for the sake of the gospel. They would sit and hold his coat, that young Saul's coat, as they were stoning Stephen. I'm telling you, there is a real. What's that show they used to have back in the day? Like, uh, uh, what was that? Well, the real so and so stand up. What was that called? Y'all know what it is? Uh, maybe y'all was sanctified. Y'all didn't watch TV back then. It had, like, like they had three different people and they all had the same name. Were the real so and so? Please stand up. Jesus is the real deal. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, what's, what's my line? I thought it was the dating game. I don't know. But this morning, this morning, I'm so glad that he knows my name. I'm so glad that I know the day that he saved me, changed me. Now, I've, I've been a handful since then, but his hands is big enough. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody ought to go, yeah, slide me five so I can stay alive, you know. Ooh, Jesus, yeah. Since then, I've been a handful, but his hands are big enough to handle me and to mold me. He said he saw, he told Jeremiah, get up and run down to the potter's house. I'm gonna show you something. He went down to the potter's house and he showed him a vessel that the potter was working on with his hands. As the potter was working on this vessel, he saw that it was mired, so he just smashed it and started to make it again another vessel. It doesn't matter what life throws at me and you, we are in the hands of the potter. He's the potter, I'm the clay. He molds and makes me what he wants me to be. And listen to me, there is a work that he is doing. The Holy Spirit will continue to work until the day we leap over to the other side. Is anybody looking forward to the, see the Bible says that God, you know one reason why those sinners and those and those uh, uh, tax collectors was coming to Jesus because God did something to them that he did to you and I. He put eternity in our hearts. We have eternity in our, man is seeking for 
for something and we know what it is. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. Paul said it to the people on Mars Hill. I know you may be worshiping what you call the unknown, but let me explain to you who he is and what he does and what, what he's doing in your life. He's the God that, that loves us, that died for you and I, who rose again on the third day. Aren't you glad he got, I'm so glad he got up on the third day. They thought it was over. They thought they had him. They sold him for 30 pieces of silver, Judas did. And he hung himself and they, and they crucified him. They beat him, plucked his beard out, whooped him, put him on a post, hung him on a tree and brought him off and put him in the grave. And they thought they had him. Matter of fact, they thought, they thought this morning that it was over, but guard the tomb because his disciples, they heard that he, if you destroy this, destroy this body, Jesus said, I'll raise it up in three days. They said, go guard the tomb because the disciples gonna come and steal the body. <laughs> Listen to me. You know what happened. You know what happened. He sent some soldiers out there to guard the tomb. And the Bible says, an earthquake happened. God, I'm saying he's the God of the earthquake. He's the God of the rain. He's the God of the lightning. Yes, he is. God is the God of the thunder. He's the God of the rain. He's the God of the lightning. He's the God of the sunshine. He's the God in the darkness. You understand me? Because darkness and light is the same to him. It's different to us, but to him it's the same. Listen to me this morning. I'm so glad that when those angels came down, those men guarding that tomb fell asleep, knocked them out. I don't know what he did, but they laid them out on the ground. And the Bible says those angels rolled the stone away and Christ come forth out of the grave. Can I tell you something this morning? Aren't you glad that you got resurrection power on the inside of you? Paul said he was persuaded. I lose my glasses. Paul said he was persuaded. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, nay, in all these things. I, I want to tell somebody this morning, get up. Get up, get up and keep moving. Don't lay down. No matter how bad a week we had, no matter how the temptations and the trials that we face, no matter the failure or the sin, get up in Jesus' name because he said we could. He said right here, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. We do not have to be defeated. Matter of fact, we are more than conquerors. Defeat is only an abstract. We are the conquerors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, can you help me out this morning? Come here. I'm going to be the angel. You be the guards. Just kidding, brother. <laughs> just kidding. Can you get on the piano, brother? I'm ready to close. I know, I know they may have. I'm, I'm just going to do it like this. It's 11, 11.03. I'm, I'm going I'm to close out here. 
when you read when you read they say sometimes a shepherd if a sheep kept getting away you know if it's the same old hard headed sheep the shepherd would break its leg at some point he'd break its leg and bring it back and cuddle it and you know nourish it and back to health it's called discipline it's called discipline chastisement King James reads the word chastisement the Bible says that you and I are sons and daughters he chastens those that he loves if he didn't chase us we'd be bastards and not sons And then the woman with the coin, the silver coin, it was precious to her. And the Bible says that Jesus came in the volume of the book in which it was written of him. He came down through 42 generations. He came. through types and shadows in the Old Testament he was Noah's ark he was Moses' brazen serpent hung on a pole that anyone who would look at it that had been snake bitten would be healed he was Joshua's captain of the Lord's host army he came down all through the Old Testament, and I'm I'm barely a student, but I am a student, been one for years. But when I see, because Paul even talked about it in Corinthians, that if we read the Old Testament scriptures, we find that we see shadows of him. It wasn't him, but it was just his shadow. <laughs> so glad and only say this because and I take no pride I used to have shame and regret but Bill on February the 7th 1982 all that shame and regret washed away. I know what it was like to be that notorious sinner. But aren't you glad that he came? He came through the, the sacrifices of the in the shadow there's the shadows of him in the, in the temple of the sacrificial lamb and all that the day of atonement it was the shadow it was, Isaac being offered up by Abraham on Mount Moriah was a shadow it was Abraham's only son and God told him to take his son 
gather the wood, take him to the mountain. I'm going to show you the mountain. Take him there. And offer him up to me. Now listen. I know Abraham was a man. But he had made up his mind he was going to do it. And when the New Testament came along, <coughs> when the New Testament came along, figure out when I first read that story until I got over into Hebrews <clears throat> chapter 11 Abraham believed God it was counting him for righteousness he believed that if God told him to kill his son that he's going to raise him up and go back off that mountain with him I love the story it's a beautiful it's a beautiful picture of God and Jesus Abraham believed God so much that he knew Brother Bill if he took Isaac there and slayed him before they got the wood picked up and burnt God was going to raise him back up and he was going to come back off that mountain with him <coughs> Hallelujah I'm about done Anybody ever work, anybody ever work those up? What do they call those puzzles? Scrambles? Is that a scramble? You remember scramble game? Y'all can scramble it out later. <laughs> I am going to get to the point. I am going to get to the point. God told Abraham, saddle up the ashes. Take your servants and go to the mountain, I tell you. And when they got there, God said, this is the mountain right here Mount Moriah what 2,000 years later God is so precise God works with precision God doesn't do something because he ain't got nothing to do he, he's, not, he's not planning he's not directing our steps when we get there to a crossroads he already knows the crossroads is there he already knows the direction we're going to take I don't know about you but that gives me assurance confidence knowing when I think I've messed up he has worked it all out for our good when I thought I made a bad choice when my bad choice became the right choice and my right choice became the bad choice I can prove it to you. Your bad choices turns out to be the right choices. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah got stiff-necked, said, I ain't preaching those heathens because if I tell them about your goodness, they will listen and they will repent. I don't want them to repent. Jonah hopped on a boat sailed he was going to uh, 
Tarsus. Yeah, Tarsus. <laughs> he was going to Tarsus. They, they, the, the weather came, the storm came. They knew something was going on. They threw Jonah. Jonah said, it's me. Throw me off the boat. They threw him off the boat. And God had prepared a fish for him. Swallowed him up. Lived in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And eventually the, the fish came to the right place, vomited him up on the, on the shore, and Jonah, and Jonah went to Nineveh, preached the gospel to Nineveh, preached the word of the Lord to Nineveh. Nineveh was changed and transformed for over 100 years before they turned back on God. Jonah's disobedience was in the steps of God. How do you know that? Because Jesus came one day and he was teaching. He said, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so must the Son of Man be in the, in the, in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. See, God knows what he's, God will take what we've done wrong, turn it all around, use it for his glory. There is no reason why we should quit. There is no reason why we should throw up our hands again because God is in control. We plan our ways, but God directs our steps. I believe that he is who he says he is. I believe that, Brother Tim. I believe the record. Call me a Bible thumper, call me a holy roller, call me whatever you want to call me. But I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm disappointed in me sometimes. Sometimes my head hangs down until I realize, until I realize I can go back to the fountain. I can go back to the Holy Ghost. I can go back and get re-encouraged, refilled, refined, redesigned. There is no way in this world we can lose. When we put our trust in Him, This morning, the man I know, I know when folks see certain people, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I don't make fun of them, maybe because I used to be one of them, maybe. Not quite that bad. You see people on the sidewalks and they're on something that literally makes them look like a madman or a mad lady, crazy. Just, you know, you've seen them on the street, even in Columbus, where they just on so much drugs and so much of this stuff that's killing them every day. Christ died for them. 
there is hope for them. Think of the worst person in the world you can think of. Hitler, Stalin, Ted Bundy. The guy that just killed those four students in Idaho. Jesus loves them and had loved them as much as he loves you and me. The cross makes us all common because we all need it. No matter how gross or how ingross our sin is. And Jesus proved that to the Pharisees when they got upset with him. He tells us a story at the end of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son took his stuff, he told daddy, give him my stuff, took off on a journey, lived like he wanted to live, did what he wanted to do, went where he wanted to win, spent what he wanted to spend it on, laid with, with prostitutes and harlots and had parties and had a lot of friends until he ran out of money. When he ran out of money, he was so hungry that he had to take a job and he went to feed swine, pigs, which a Jewish boy would never do. That's how low he got, feeding the swine, feeding the pigs. And one day the Bible says while he was in the pig pen that he hungered so much he would like to eat that corn that those pigs were eating, whatever they was eating, that husk. And he came to himself. Listen, don't you give up on nobody. It may look like, it may look like they're done, it's over. Their brain is fried. They're gonna spend the rest of their life in prison. Don't, don't give up on that child. Don't give up on that daughter. Don't give up on that son. Don't give up on that mom and daddy because Jesus has not given up on them. We just need to dig in and plant ourselves firm and believe that God is going to do what he said he would do, that salvation will come to their house. They may reap what they sow. We all do. I'm just glad that sometime when you sow some seeds, before it starts growing, pluck it up. I've sowed a lot of bad seeds. I'm glad most of them didn't come up because I met the Messiah. I met the, I met the Lord of Lords, the Kings of Kings who plucked it up for me and transformed my life. Start going, start sowing some good seed. And every now and then when a bad seed gets sown, you know how you pluck it up before it starts taking root and growing? You come to the Lord. Lord, I sin. Pluck it up. Pluck it up. Don't let it grow. You'll have to reap it if you do, if it comes harvest time. So you, there's a way, there's a way. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That man came to himself. He didn't get cleaned up before he came. He didn't go take a shower and wash off the pig dung and the, how we used to raise hogs. I know what they smell like. And, you know, they smell very, very bad. And they mean too. We raised some mean, there's some mean ones we raised. Maybe because I tortured them, but I don't know. You know, shoot them with BB guns, places you shouldn't shoot them. Uh, but 
he came to his daddy smelling like a hog pen all of life's journey had caused him to come stinky and the Bible says that when he decided he was going to go home when he decided he was going to go home I wonder why the shepherd left to go get the sheep the woman stopped what she was doing and lit a candle and searched the house but the father didn't leave the house when the son took off but can I tell you what the father was doing he was looking and watching and waiting and praying for his son it's almost like it's almost like that the father ignored what he was saying when he came home he, he had this thing, he, he's going to rehearse it before God that I, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. I, I don't want, you don't even have to call me your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. Just, just let me back in the house. And when he started saying that, the father looked over and told the guy, said, go get, go get the best robe out of my house. Bring a pair of sandals and a ring. My son who was dead was once alive, his dead is alive again. Throw a party. So he said, he said, let the party begin. There's always part. Heaven is one. Well, okay. There's a lot of partying going on in heaven. I'm telling you, there's seven billion people on this planet and somebody every second of the day is coming to Christ. There is a party going on in heaven. Some of you got so saved, you got so sanctimonious, you don't know how to party anymore. I'm telling you, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy already. But anyway, the lesson was, and I learned this last night, it was pointed out to me last night that that there was another prodigal that never left the house, stayed in the house, but he was just as a prodigal as the one that left. And that was the elder son who got upset because daddy accepted the younger one back home, got mad, upset. Listen, we got to know who we are. We got to know what's available and heaven is available. This morning when the sun came up over the eastern horizon, mercy was brand new. Mercy was brand new. His mercy. God is only angry for a moment. His mercy endureth forever. Aren't you glad for his mercy? No, no, really, I'm being honest. Aren't you glad for his mercy? Aren't you glad for his grace? Aren't you glad when you're lonely, he's your companion, he comforts you? Aren't you, aren't you glad that he's your savior, your redeemer, your sanctifier, your justifier? He is your all in all. And he has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan for our lives. 
Sometimes we don't understand where he's taking us. But he has a plan. Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, that you are a friend to sinners. Every person on planet earth you've died for, excluding none. Every, every person in the, in the desolate places of India who you died for them. You, you died for all those tribes that in Africa that hardly nobody ever sees and hears. So you died for them. You died for the one on the street corner over here in Columbus. You died for them. You died for the blasphemer. You died for the murderer. You died for the rapist. You died for the child molester and the one who got molested. You died for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever graced this planet. You died for us. And I'm so glad this morning, Lord, that you're not only the God of the first chance, second chance, third chance, fifth chance, sixth chance. You're the God that has his arms open to us. And you love us. You love us so much, you refuse to live without us, so you came and died for us. This morning, we're going to open up the altar. If you want to come for just a moment uh, this morning, feel free to come. If you're here this morning, maybe you are one of those sinners. If you're a tax collector, don't raise your hand. <laughs> They're just kidding. We love tax collectors too. I've learned over the years, be nice to them. If you're nice to them, you know, they'll be nice to you back. That's just common sense. Be nice to them because they're, they're nice people. But if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm talking about not a head knowledge, but a real encounter with the Lord because he's looking for this this is all he's looking for he's not looking for your gold and your silver for your fine jewelry your homes he's not looking for none of that he's looking for you to have relationship that's all he wants his relationship with me and you he wants relationship just like marriages go through difficult times in relationships trust me I thought I knew it all when Darlene passed in 2011 we were together 32 years and I remarried I thought man this is going to be a piece of cake for the most part it is but anytime you're in relationship you're getting to know each other there's work there's things you got to work through. That's what God wants us. I'm glad I can talk to Jesus when I'm mad, when I'm upset. I can talk to Jesus when I'm happy. 
I can talk to Jesus no matter what my day's like, what I'm going through. He always got an ear and he listens. And he'll direct us in the right steps. I'm glad when I feel like I, when I'm not worthy to come, I'm reminded by him that he bought me, that I am worthy because of his righteousness. It gives me boldness to come before his throne when I'm reminded of that. So this morning, would you stand with us? We're going to close out. There are going to be some.